0: How you doing, Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Tuesday, the twenty second of June, twenty twenty one, with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode three, three, four. Hope you're all healthy. He said breathlessly, and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. It's uh, eighteen twenty five hours, eighteen twenty six actually. Let's get it right. Hoped to get the show out earlier today, and uh, the days. Just, uh, it's been a long one and I've had to have some raisins because, you know, it's coming up to, uh, dinner time and I'm not going to get this show finished in time. So, uh, had some raisins to try and stifle any stomach rumbles that you might hear during the show. Do remember if you do hear a stomach rumble in the final show, when it goes out, do send in the exact time and the seconds, maybe we can make a competition out of it. Another uh, feature that may not uh, take off. I'm just looking around the front room at the minute where I record because I've had the window open to dry some clothes that I washed this afternoon. Uh, the breeze from earlier today has disappeared. The trees I can, uh, well, I could see before I brought the blinds down or the one blind that I can bring down. Uh, the trees were still, so I kind of missed the boat there in terms of drying the clothes properly today, unless I put the heating on, which I'm not going to do. In June but you know opening the windows there's always a chance that a fly will get in and I think early on I did notice a fly uh whizzing around the room and then it uh disappeared I spent so much of my childhood and even early adulthood waving an anti one of those cloths I think I've pronounced it right uh waving them at flies ushering them out of the um the front room in the at Mayflower. Like some uh, matador, there's the voice breaking, that's the stress for you. And now I've just forgotten what I was going to tell you. Anyway, I can't see any flies. Um, Apologies for the lateness of the show. Unusually for me, it's a day late. Simple reason, trying to scale things back a bit. The usual dogged approach wasn't going to work this week and not at this stage. I have mentioned in the last few months that I've got a health issue going on and it's now with hospitals catching up on waiting lists um, it's now starting to, um, well, build to something, whatever it is, I don't know. I think uh, what what I do know is I'm in the midst of my first major health scare, called in for more scans this Sunday at the hospital and another one next Tuesday. It's affecting me mentally for sure, as Harry Redknapp would say. Being on my own, trying to get in front of the worst thoughts possible, that isn't easy. I'm not... Um, you know, that's not something I'm particularly strong at. I don't think I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm just hoping that if I get away with this, I can use it as a big, big lesson and and try and change the way I go about doing things and try and slow things down in my life. And uh, it's just very strange that I work so much harder than I used to 20 years ago. And I, I just think that... That's something I've failed to address for a long time. I can't stop. You know, I always have to be doing something. I don't think I'm all to blame for the situation. The last year, the the pandemic, isolating alone, the internal works in the building, the disrepair in the flat, which is ongoing, getting the virus earlier this year, the earnings plummeting over the last year and not seeing what's going on, not understanding the impact of the pandemic on my earnings until it's been too late and just just I think I've been very late in understanding the impact all of this has had on my life and my writing, all of that has played a part and last year was particularly difficult because it was the first time I found myself in a situation or various situations where I wasn't able to control the outcome of anything and whatever difficult situations I'd been in before I could always at least shape them, there were things there that I could still win you know, they might have been difficult situations, but with time, with focus, with the right approach, I could still turn them around. And last autumn, it became clear to me that this was a very different situation. And I've always focused on the mental health side of things because I've always been aware that that is a weakness with me. Not really appreciating that stress um, Not really appreciating what stress can do to you physically. I've really overlooked that time and again. And here's my lesson. And if I come through this, if I'm not having to shred all my notebooks and confirming in a handwritten note to be left behind that I'm not paying for my funeral, I have to learn from this. Am I scared? Yeah, a little. Definitely a little. Yeah, I've got no uh, problem admitting that. That's as much as I'm prepared to say. I'm just forewarning you because whatever's coming may cause issues with my output. I've parked trial you want for the summer and put my health first. I've still got other things that I need to scale back. You know, um, I'm doing all this stuff or whatever it is, 19 patrons now and about 80 listeners, which if if you were to put a positive spin on that, one in four listeners being patrons, that's not a bad stat for any show if you discount the listenership is a a poor one. Um, But, you know, just putting myself out there constantly, it's just stupid on uh, my part. just keeping an eye on the time. It's 18.32. I've got the oven on. I've got a couple of uh, little pies to stick in the oven. One of them, as I keep saying the last few weeks, I don't know what's going on with the fridge, but, you know, I've got so much food on the turn and I've just had to cut a bit of mould out of these, um, just out of one pie, to be fair and the expiry date's not until the 25th so it's just frustrating that that is happening I was at the GP this morning well I was at the nurse first and then the GP and um, had to get my blood pressure tested again by the nurse and uh, it was high a couple of weeks ago well just on the cusp of being high but that in itself for me is alarming because it's not something I've ever suffered from and I was outside the waiting room waiting for her to call me in and you know one of the things I'm trying to do in order to calm myself down because actually what I have done the last few days you know that old cliche listen to your body I've been trying to do that and even well I mean by my standards I've done pretty well but I still probably been doing too much and I was getting out an episode a new episode of when shorts were short so I had a really long day yesterday, but I'm trying to find time in the day or night to do a bit of meditation and some deep breathing exercises, none of the hardcore stuff. But uh, I was in the waiting room and I know enough uh, enough now even about breathing exercises to know a couple of different exercises I can do. And I was trying to control my breathing because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't another uh, blood pressure test that gave cause for concern and then I thought actually I might be making this worse because last time I was told that it's possible my blood pressure might have been a little too high because I'd ended up having to run uh, the final part of my journey there I was on foot and I was taking a while to get there and I realized I was going to be late so I started running so I just thought you know stop the breathing exercises whatever happens in there I've got to accept it's obviously there's obviously an issue Thankfully, the blood test uh, was fine. I just had to pause the recording there to stick the pies in the oven. I'm trying to do this as one record, but I, I noticed last week after I uploaded the show originally that there were 16 seconds of dead air. I'm trying to take a, a more relaxed approach to getting these shows out, but 16 seconds of uh, dead air is just too long, so on the Tuesday I had to go back and re-edit it and uh, upload it the edited version so i'm trying to make sure i i have limited gaps uh today so i can watch that england game at 20 hundred hours so th- the blood pressure test today she only had to do it once because she said i was fine today so that relaxed me a bit uh, i've cut salt out not that i'm a big user of salt but it certainly makes the fare that i'm eating taste well even less i guess so i might be looking at some bringing in some uh low salt. I had to see the GP afterwards. There was a slight gap between appointments. i would forgotten my book. It just goes to show how my mind is these days. I'm just so scatty. So a book. I knew from yesterday, take a book with me. Well, I always take a book with me. I've been taking a filmmaking book with me in recent, uh, well, over the last week to make some notes on it, trying to think ahead to other projects. I'd taken that out of my bag today, this morning, then I thought I'll stick the Kindle in. Then I took the Kindle out and I I can't remember what I was, you know, trying to take with me to read, but I ended up with nothing to read. And um, which meant that I was just sat opposite the nurse's room because my GP's room is next to the nurse's room, red three and red four And it was quite interesting because I was watching everyone who was coming out of the nurse's room, all the patients, the various patients who were in and out, masked up, and watching them struggle to make their way out without handling, fully handling the door handle. There was one guy used his wrist, which led to some very loud audio. I thought, oof, that's a a head turner. And it was clear what he tried to do, and he pulled his uh, sleeve down to try and turn it with the um the palm of his hand and and his wrist, and it was just too loud. I think the handle was a bit loose, so he'll probably be reconsidering his options next time he's got to make a similar exit. Reminded me, actually, what I did today, I fell back on my technique of uh, 89 to 90, my little finger usage, the right hand. I fell on that today to get out of the room, making sure that I obscured the nurse's view as I exited so she didn't see me using the little finger to turn the door handle rather than my full Hand, um, it's it's a technique that I used to use in the days before hand gel, and I reckon back in those days I probably had the strongest little ri- uh, right-handed finger in the country, and I would always use that little finger to exit pub blues. And one of the reasons I moved away from the little finger usage was because for the hygiene side of things to be fully effective, because remember I'd have to wash my hands before leaving, say, the pub loo, then I'd turn the tap off with the little finger. I think it's something that I also started doing when I was working at Woolworths. And you know, I'd turn the tap off with a little finger, the right hand, always the right hand. Then I'd use it on the loo door to exit. So I never used to use the finger on my beer glass, which of course looked like an affectation. And sometimes I find myself doing that indoors, thankfully not at the cafe. But I'm prone to doing that still with my own. Uh, it's not a tall glass, it's a short glass. It's a short coffee glass. And sometimes, maybe because it's just such a short glass, my little finger is off the glass, and I think, no, address that. No one's seen it, but I know I'm doing it, and it looks like an affectation, get in front of that. So as I said, a bit more food spoiling. I'm hoping that the bit of mold I've cut out of that left pie, and I've checked the pies underneath, I'm I'm, I'm hoping that will suffice. So it's just a... I hope it's not the... Um, the fridge gone the oven's doors busted the watch battery that went today although i think i i think it was going earlier this month and i managed to get it working again but i haven't got it working again today i only got it replaced i think last year maybe just before the pandemic and I've rarely had to change a watch battery, so I don't know how often these should be changed, but it's certainly no longer than 18 months since I last did it. If you're someone who's had to change a watch battery um, and knows how long these things should last, do tweet me at 1607 West Egg or email the show DRT, available at westegg1607.co.uk. What else has been going on? That's a hard swallow. Not going to edit it out. Um, This morning, on my way to the the, uh, nurse and the doctors, I saw that guy. Do you remember that guy I told you about whose dog destroyed the pavement last winter by the bus stop and he only cleaned it up because it was after, what, eight or nine in the morning and there were plenty of people around to witness it and he was puking as he was trying to clean it up. And uh, that dog had done something in the park again. Which is why it was actually being walked in the park, and it's always got this twenty-meter lead, and he he will let the dog go free. So this twenty-meter lead is always being dragged through the grass as this dog runs around, and of course that lead is not going to be clean. It just—I uh, can't really get my head around why this guy allows that to happen. So the dog was doing its own thing; it had done what it had done. In this long patch of this patch of long grass, it had then gone off to chase another dog. It wasn't leaving the other dog, which was a much smaller dog. The other dog's owner was trying to intervene and get this dog with a 20 metre lead away from her dog, but the owner, because the dog had done its business in the long grass, couldn't find what the dog had done. He had a black bag over his right hand. He was wearing shorts. And the black bag was over his hand, his right hand, ready to scoop. He clearly couldn't find it. And I could see him tentatively treading in the grass. You know, it was as if he was walking across a stretch of land that he knew was heavily mined. And with each step, he was being really careful what he was treading in. That's what it reminded me of. And that was uh, it was just an awful visual, a hygiene fail. Meantime, to report on my part this morning on my way to the cafe, more of which later, 11.27 hours South Lambeth Road, heading heading north to the cafe. There's the voice. I've got my bottle of water here by my right hand. My jacket was unzipped. It's been a bit colder in London. I had three tops on. I was walking around quite a bit this morning, so I was starting to feel a bit sweaty. The jacket was undone. And to avoid someone that was coming towards me to socially distance Properly, I went around the left side of a lamppost and there wasn't much of a gap between the, the lamppost and this bin, this street bin and one of the sides of my jacket might have been the left side just brushed the bin one or two seconds and uh, worse still I haven't cleaned it since I've got back. I've just remembered it now that I'm telling you about it. A pandemic dream to, to report to. This was actually, I think this was actually before last week's show and I just forgot to tell you about it and I think it's been triggered by finding a couple of moths in recent weeks. Not as many as I would have found years ago. There were loads of them at Mayflower. I remember I've told you before the uh, 86 World Cup gave me so many problems. The games were on late at night it was a warm summer my dad would have the windows open in the evenings Uh, we'd have the lights on moths were flying about i was thinking what's this this is new and i was struggling during the games because obviously i have that phobia anything with wings ornithophobia i can't handle it i've seen a couple of moths in recent weeks one of them was fairly big and i managed to get rid of it without killing it But this pandemic dream, I was back at Mayflower in that same front room where I watched the Mexico 86 World Cup with my dad. And there were loads of these brightly colored butterflies all on the ceiling. And my dad wasn't in the dream. My mum was. And I just kept pointing at the ceiling and I was panicking. And I just couldn't get the words out of my mouth. But I was seeing all these butterflies in striking colors. And it was just horrendous for me. A nightmare in any era for me. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available, episode 334. Sweating the small stuff every Monday only this week. It's Tuesday. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607Westegg, facebook.com forward slash DRT. Available. You can find all my work at danielruz.com. There are PayPal and coffee.com links on the site if you wish to uh, make a one off donation to support this work. If you've enjoyed the show, of course. Uh, you can rate, review and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, still the most important way for any podcast, especially in the podcast, to grow and find a bigger audience. Most importantly, the best way to support this work is via the Patreon page. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available. A new episode of When Shorts Was Short came out yesterday. It's a, uh, a Euro special looking back at the 1984 European Championships with the brilliant football writer, Patrick Barkley and uh, I think I didn't say Patrick there properly and it's because I didn't know whether to say Patrick or Paddy I did get his permission to refer to him as Paddy um during the show and uh, I asked him because I didn't want to be over familiar. Everyone calls him Paddy. I've spoken to him before but I just wanted to check that was okay and uh, I think he was um, impressed that I'd asked rather than gone early with the uh, diminutive. So that episode is out. It's a look back at the 84 European Championships, the greatest international tournament of the last 40 years except in the UK. Barely anyone saw it. The reasons for that are explained on the show. There will be a new Uh, tier of support on the Patreon page in the next couple of weeks. Do look out for that. might be something that uh, those of you who aren't supporting the show might be interested in. And uh, a good run for me last night, he said, moving on with the uh, show. Did 9.5K. I think the evening runs agree with me more. When I run at uh, lunchtime or in the morning, I'm cramming it into many other things that I need to do and I think maybe that's... uh I might do more of these evening runs while the summer's still here. I do need a new running app. I started off with Strava a couple of years ago. Then I think the last uh, year has been with RunKeeper after Strava stopped working for me. And the issue is, I think, uh, some phone update. Apparently it's a known issue. But I've done all the steps that RunKeeper have asked me to do, and it just becomes even more complicated. I've been given... Uh, another two or three things in an email that i should do and i'm not really a tech guy i don't really want to do this stuff and yesterday the app told me that i'd done 30k when i was running it was actually telling me intermittently giving me an accurate reading of what i was doing and uh, i know enough about the distances now and how much i need to run to to cover whatever uh, kilometers uh, i know that i can do and I got to nine and a half k. I know it wasn't any more than that. It wasn't quite ten, but it certainly wasn't 30 k. I mean, I could live forever, and I'm not going to be doing 30 k. So it's frustrating. So if any of you guys do know of alternatives to Strava and Runkeeper, do let me know. I think that might be easier for me than you know trying to fix this Runkeeper issue. There's only so many hours in the day, and I just don't want to be sorting out. Tech issues. Um, tweet me at sixteen oh seven West Egg or just email me DRT available at West Egg sixteen oh seven dot dot I don't even know if I gave out that email address right. Well, uh, you know, it was definitely given out right earlier on in the show. On my way to my aunt and uncle's today, I'd had to stop at one of the local pharmacies and there was some addict in there this was in Stockwell trying to get something and he asked for different products and kept being told no i guess they must have known who he was there were quite a few people in there and he didn't really um, appreciate uh, being told no you're just weird he said As he left, and the Eastern European pharmacist, a mid-twenty-something woman who's been there for a few years now, she took that on board and turned to the rest of us. "'Just because I don't feed his addiction, I am weird? I'm happy to be weird in this instance,' she said in her American English. Fair play to her, for standing.' her ground meantime over at my aunts and uncles my um next of kin were arguing as they always are this time over nectar points i constantly have to explain how the points work to my aunt my uncle thankfully gets it but neither of us can we just don't seem to be able to explain it properly to my aunt or maybe she just Can't get to grips with nectar points. She had to buy a new kettle today and she's got all these nectar points. She could have easily got the kettle for nothing, but she didn't redeem her points, even though I told her how to do it. So that's something I've got to sort out later in the week. She was already finding fault with the new kettle, whether it's the new fridge or the new kettle, and this is the second kettle she's had to buy this year. And uh, her last one was £15, pounds, which she said was really cheap, although, uh, you know, it's still more expensive than the one I bought, where uh, the one I picked up from Argos the weekend when I'd gone down well, when I had the virus by then, and my R rate was uh, ridiculously high, I'm guessing. And uh, my kettle's still doing the job, yes, it. Um, Well, not only does it pour water into my uh, glass, it pours water pretty much everywhere else. But, you know, it costs £10. That's what you get for £10. Although, personally, I think however cheap, well, regardless of how cheap something is, it should work. It should do what it's meant to do. And if it's not going to do what it's meant to do, then improve it and I'll pay the extra. But if you're selling something for £10, it needs to work. Whatever you're selling it for, it needs to work. So my aunt was finding fault with this kettle, comparing it unfavorably with the new kettle that was no longer working. And that previous kettle had, of course, been compared unfavorably with its longstanding predecessor, which had stopped working earlier in the year. And I was just letting my aunt uh, take her kettle-related complaints to their natural end, I was buttering myself some toast in their kitchen as I wasn't going to make it home in time for lunch today. And then my aunt had decided there was something else she could pull my uncle up on. You never picked me up in your arms, she said all of a sudden. My uncle looked at me. I'd paused the buttering. I'd never heard my aunt say this before. My uncle looked at me. Your aunt tells me this when I'm 81 and can't do anything about it. What does she expect? Does she expect me to carry her up the stairs now? You never told me how beautiful I was when I was getting ready for El Club. This was the Spanish club on South Lambeth Road that uh, was running, I think, until the mid to late 90s. Might have been the early noughties, actually. My mum was secretary in her final year, secretary of El Club. This was on South Lambeth Road by St Anne's Parish Hall. All surrounded by these new builds now on on that road in s w eight I think my uncle was slightly hurt by that remark because there may have been some truth in it. He's just not a very demonstrative man, and it might be something that he regrets when I'm with those two. I'm almost glad that in my own life, I'm alone. You know I'd hate to be disappointing someone in a similar way, and I know that I've done that I know that I have disappointed uh past partners and as you get older that kind of it bothers you because you just want people to be happy even if it doesn't work out between you you just want them to be happy you recognize how precious life is as you get older you can see how you might not have made the most of your life and you've got all these regrets these you know these disappointments it's it's not easy it's not easy Getting old and carrying these regrets with you, being haunted by bad choices and turning points, you know, sliding doors moments where you made the wrong choice and your life has gone off down a different road. There was one trip to my aunt and uncle's last week because I was there about four times last week. And I don't know, I just find the guys entertaining. Uh, you know, I feel happier going there. They just, they're two very funny people and uh, I appreciate them I'm I'm grateful to have them in my life and I was making I was either making my way to theirs or coming back from theirs I can't remember but it was on Stockwell Road SW9 some guy approached me in the street wearing brand new K-Swiss trainers and early 20s unconvincing beard that looked like it might blow off in a strong gust you got two pounds please pal I thought, that's a very specific amount, like the prices in Iceland, which are, you know, rounded off to £2 these days. No, that's all I said. That's what you have to say in South London, otherwise they don't leave you alone. I walked off wondering what the thinking was on this guy's part, you know, in terms of raising His request to two pounds. Maybe he was thinking it's London. These people know a pound doesn't really get you much in the capital these days. Even Poundland sells things for over a pound now. I may as well ask for two. There was no build-up either. No segue, nothing. No hello, how you doing, or whatever. Just straight in. You got two pounds. This week's Nectar Points uh, to bring you now. When was this? Uh, This was the 18th of June. I don't know when that was. Was that Friday? It might have been Friday. Uh, Just a small purchase, a few purchases, uh, but a small outlay. I don't know when the 18th was. I think it was Friday. Bought some crackers, Sainsbury's own crackers, some mouthwash, uh, some... uh, mixed beans a tin of mixed beans that my sister introduced me to when she was here at Christmas, and uh three single oranges found some decent oranges there in Sainsbury's, which isn't easy to do Tesco's do better oranges actually I gone in there with a balance of three hundred and fifty nectar points earned two pounds seventy sorry uh, i'd spent two pounds seventy four uh earned me two points they gave me a points balance of three hundred and fifty two worth one pound seventy six had tried to top up the um Nectar points with an eBay purchase for a uh, Bespin Luke for uh, sorry Luke Skywalker Bespin for T- action figure from the Empire Strikes Back film. I do have one who plays for Tatooine, but uh, he broke his leg in 1982, so he's sellotaped heavily, sellotaped and glued, uh, which changed him as a player, made him one of the great players, if anything. But I've always thought if I can get a replacement, I need to. Uh, and I've just never got around uh, to doing it. And I bid, I think, £5.19. I got to the final 10 seconds. I'd been watching that figure for days and suddenly I was just blown out of the water. I think it ended up fetching £7.50. So people obviously set up their, um, their bids to react to... Um, any situation that may arise where they're in danger of being outbid. Let me give you uh, the last week's uh, Star Wars football results. This is um, League Week 3. Aldron 2, Hoth nil last season's runners-up. Patchy form this season. They have won the European Super Cup, beating Tatooine 2-0, but they fell to a 2-0 defeat at Aldron, who looked stronger this year. Man of the match was Skipper Hammerhead for the home side. Um, Kraken, the new signing from Death Star, opened a scoring in with a left-footed chip early in the first half. And Princess Leia got her first of the season too, just uh, a couple of minutes after the break. Tatooine, meanwhile, they fell to a surprise home defeat to Death Star. Death Star scored their first goal of the season, unbeaten in three games now and have yet to concede a goal. Captain Spiders, a.k.a. Spider-Man, now their manager, retired after a glorious 38-year career in goal. His Death Star side, unbeaten. And, uh, the current table after the, uh, three league games, Bespin a first on five points, goal difference of plus two, drawn a second goal difference of plus two, but, uh, it's three uh, goals scored, one against, whereas Besbin have five goals scored, three against. Empire, uh, they're on five points as well. They've got a goal difference of plus one. Death Star in fourth place, a goal difference of plus one, but they've scored less goals than Empire. X-Wing in fifth place, they've drawn all first three games. Uh, Tatooine are in sixth, they're on uh, two points, a uh, goal difference of minus one. Their start two seasons ago, Silver Age season four, they actually lost two of their first three league games but still went on to complete a treble that season, including the league, but they've never at this stage had just two points. So uh, they've got some ground to make up. Hoth also on two points, minus two goal difference. They're in seventh and Rebels have now lost two of their first three games. They're bottom on minus three. The League Cup draw... I'll give you the League Cup draw. That was made on the 17th. Uh, Nat Huth, the second division side, uh, they're at home to Rebels in the first leg of the last 16. Tatooine are at home to Aldron. Tatooine uh, was semi finalists last year, knocked out by Aldron, who also knocked them out of the Christmas Cup. Lothu Minor, they're at home to X-Wing. Uh, they're at second division side as well. Lothu Minor, Takadan, they're at home to Holders Hoth. Savarine. And Hosnian Prime face-off in an all-second-division clash. Montcalla versus Lira San, another all-second-division clash. Ord Montel versus Empire. Ord Montel, giant killers last season. Empire, of course, had gone out. I feel like Jeff Stelling here. Empire had gone out at the first stage last year, knocked out by another second-division side. I think it was Takadan, actually. And uh, one of the ties of the round, there's a dog barking across the road outside the vets. Bespin and Death Star meet in a cloud city. Derby. Uh, three games played so far. Nat Hooth nil, Rebels nil. Rebels will be will uh, pleased to bring uh, to a halt their run of defeats in the league. Tatooine beat Alderaan 2 nil in their game, their first leg tie. And Lothu Minor lost at home 2 nil to X Wing, a couple of her uh, own goals, given X Wing a first leg advantage. Just going to take the pies out of the oven, and I'll be with you in a moment. 19.03 hours. The pies, I can confirm, are out of uh, out of the oven. Just uh, stuttering there, trying to think what I'm going to have with the uh, pies. I think there's some out-of-date coleslaw. Might risk that. Let's end with several trips to the cafe. 19.04 hours now. Um, last Wednesday, what was that date? Let me just check. Last Wednesday, I think that was the 16th. Yes, that was the 16th. I found myself hogging a four-seater outside. A guy turned up, a regular late 70s, always in a white linen suit like the old news reporter MP Martin Bell in the mid to late 90s. Martin Bell took up a two-seater, ordered the works, wine, oysters, bread, olives. He had his Times newspaper to hand. I left it too late to swap tables with him, but there I was with one tall glass of latte and Martin Bell was having a veritable feast. I was there this morning... Hadn't been able to go towards the end of last week as the weather turned and, you know, these days, now that I've got the taste for going out, albeit in the uh, pandemic era, far from, you know, normality. I suppose this is, as uh, the cliche goes, the new normal. I do miss being there when I'm not there now having gone back and I just miss being out. And obviously I'm trying to make sure that I don't go back inside the cafe as I did a few weeks ago, given how poorly they ventilate it. So I'm very much hanging on the weather at the moment and uh, the last few days checking the weather forecast and seeing that we've got a run of um, very grey June weather at the moment. I think it's meant to improve tomorrow and then it turns again later in the week. Um, It just kind of leaves you feeling a bit down, a bit cut off. I first named the waiter again today when I went there. He said hello, didn't first name me back, left me wondering really, is that how this works or is this what he does with customers he just takes your name and never uses it he knows your name now but you never know when he's going to use it again maybe the etiquette in these situations is you don't have to first name each other all the time I don't know this is new to me you know I've got a diminished circle of friends and associates and I'm just trying to rebuild things from the ground up so I don't know how this works and you know I'd first named him again he might be telling his wife that guy, the introvert, remember him? And she might say, toilet table guy. You might say, oh, that's the one. All he does now is first name me, first name this, first name that. So, okay, mate, you know my name. You don't need to use it all the time. There was an awkward ordering of the second latte this morning also with Seb K, he who now has my first name. He was over by the um, the door entrance, three tables away, which... You know, in this pandemic, that is quite a distance. That's about 15 to 20 metres away. A bit like the uh, dog lead that was being dragged through the uh, muck in the park from earlier in today's show. And uh, I caught Seb K's eye, gestured for another latte with a left hand, but also vocalised it. And I just thought, I ah, didn't need to do that. Probably didn't need the vocals. You see me pointing left-handed, gesticulating to the... Uh, the tall glass didn't need to vocalize it, and uh, I was disappointed with myself there. I wonder if this is how artists record music videos. Did they sing along to music videos to aid the miming? Because it might help them mime better, well, rather than miming. You know, they might just think, you might have heard the jaw go there, they might have just sung along and it makes it easier. It sung the song as they know it. It might have made it easier to dub it when the video's made. I did see a music video being made at Stockwell Station in the summer of 94, an acid jazz band that I liked at the time, Galliano. I can't remember what song it was, but if I trawled through their videos on YouTube, I'd probably find it. But I can't remember for the life of me if the guy was actually singing or not. If I remember rightly, I think he was miming. I think so, but maybe that's just my recollection and it might be wrong. But I'd like to know how the miming originated. Was it, you know, where did it come from? Was it early film musicals in the 20th century or did it precede the film musicals? You know, did it was it something that started say in the theatre it's just so weird there aren't many stranger things in entertainment than pretending to do something that you're not doing I suppose in that respect it's like magic but at least with magic you know they're tricking you but just miming along I mean top of the pops it's just a really strange program always used to confuse me as a kid when they'd say and next week we're live what did that mean I used to think it just meant that they were filming it live, that it was going out live like the cup final or like the news. Not that it meant that the bands were actually singing live. There we go. Sound of South London. 1909 hours, naughty South London. I asked Seb Kay how busy it was on Saturday. He said his voice spiking. I asked him how busy it was on Saturday in the cafe when Portugal played Germany. He said they were rushed off their feet and that in a way, despite being Portuguese, he was glad that Portugal lost. Otherwise, people would never have gone home there. And uh, he looked weary as he uh, recalled Saturday's events. I think, by the way, that I overthanked him when he brought that second latte I think I've got uh, that's something again that I've got to scale back the overthinking windows again closed today in the cafe, by the way, poor on the ventilation there. So uh, I've just got to keep sticking to my times if I can and make sure that I sit outside. I'm not there until tomorrow afternoon, but, you know, it was a good hour and a half of just relaxing and focusing When I was there today, early Jim was there, by the way, gave me a smile as he left around 12.32 hours. I always feel better when he gives me one of his early Jim smiles accompanied by that raised right index finger of his. I'd seen him one morning last week on South Lambeth Road. I let him lead on the greeting. I saw him about 20 metres away, 20, 25 metres. I saw him before he saw me, but I just thought I'll let him lead on the greeting today. But the anticipation almost overwhelmed me, and as I returned the greeting, I noticed that my voice went a bit high, a bit bunce-like. Today, by the way, as I left my aunt and uncles, I was heading home via Stockwell Road, SW9, I was heading south, and I saw a Chinese woman wearing a conical hat, and I'm not joking, I'd never seen that before, ever. I've never seen a Chinese person wearing a conical hat in the UK It's the equivalent of seeing a Spanish woman walking around in a flamenco dress. So for me, it was a striking visual. I'm not saying, you know, there was anything wrong with it. Far from it. I'm just saying I'd never seen it. And I know that it was unusual because as I was walking past this woman, two guys walked past myself and the Chinese woman, and I heard one of them say to the other, see that, a Chinese woman wearing a Chinese hat. It really was, I think, a head-turning moment. I've just never seen that before. And on that note, that is it. That is the end of today's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson and this start of the week I have been available.